make it part of our life. A tradition is something that people celebrate for a moment and then they forget. And we don't want that. Amen. So God bless you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. As you all know, we have entered a new decade already into the year. We are here, rumors of wars, and you name it. There's a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion, a lot of misunderstanding. And in the midst of all of this, the devil is having, the devil is having a party. Why is the devil having a party? Because many who are called and chosen have forgotten who called them and who chose them. It is our responsibility to understand that one day we will help be held accountable for everything that we're currently doing and everything that we have done. So God is asking his body, his people, to renounce the things that he has asked you to renounce so that you could get on the same page that he has for you. So tonight we're going to be covering a few things because this is the order of where we're going. Amen. For the new year, the 2020. As you all see against the wall there, you see the word I renounce. Okay. Renounce means to give up. To refuse. To resign. It is a declaration of refusing or renouncing, better, better said, renouncing errors in our lives. Amen? And many of us are filled of a lot of errors in our lives. Those errors became part of our lives because we opened doors. Some of them were open intentionally, other than were accidentally. And some of them were influenced. Amen. So we're dealing with three things, three different departments of errors that we have allowed in our lives to take place. Now, I want to focus on the one of influence. Okay. The reason why you're here today is because at one point in your life, someone influenced you to come to church. And you're here. In that journey, you discover many things about God. But you lost sight of you. And losing sight of you becomes a big issue. Because if you don't know who you are, it is hard for you to renounce, to recognize, and to know what you have to give up. That's why we come to church. We do what is required of us. We also um, do all traditions and rituals of that nature. Like, for example, there's many people who get baptized and no longer come to church. Why? Because when you get baptized, you are declaring yourself a born again, but your mind is still the same old mind. The Bible teaches us that we are to renew our mind daily. There's one thing that doesn't go in the baptism of water. And that's your mind. And your mind is you. In your mind, there are so many things. There is tradition in there from your upbringing. There is influence. There is culture. You name it. And all of these things, believe me when I tell you this, rage a war against God's will for you. 
because all you know is what you know. But when you don't have a relationship with the Creator, then you don't know who you are. So it begins by you recognizing and renouncing everything that you are in order for the Creator to be who He wants to be in your life. Now we're going to take it from the top. Whoever has Second of Corinthians chapter 7, verse 12 through 18. I gladly appreciate it if you could read it out loud and then we're going to work our way down. 7, 12, 3. 2nd of Corinthians, I mean, 2nd of Chronicles, chapter 7, verse 12 through 18. 2nd of Chronicles, what was it? Chapter 7, verse 12 through 18. 12 through 18. Chapter 7, right? Yep. Um, so it says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard but heard thy prayer, and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open, and mine ears will attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. 16. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house, that my name be there forever, and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And as for the, thee, if thou wilt walk with before me, as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my judgments. Verse 18. Then will I establish the throne of thy kingdom, according as I have covenanted with David thy father, saying, There shall, there shall not fail thee a man to be a ruler in Israel. Okay, so I'm going to give you a clear picture of what's going on for some of you who have not studied this passage or don't know what's going on when it comes down to this specific verse and chapter. A lot of people have heard this from time to time, but it, sometimes it's better to explain so that people can have a better understanding. This is what's going on. Solomon just finished building the temple, the first temple for the Lord. And the first thing that he does, he prays. To, 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 for direction from God so that he can dedicate the temple to God before all the rituals and everything that's going to take place happens. So he, so it's pretty much like many of us. New Year's Eve, we're already planning on what we want to do for the following year. And many of us make false promises and never follow through with them. Amen. We make promises and they become false because we never Follow through with them. We say, we're going to do this this year. We're going to do this this year. And we don't do it. Now, the Lord descended and started speaking to King Solomon pretty much through the Spirit. And he begins to say to him, listen, in other words, this is all good. But I need you to understand what's going to happen if people don't abide by the commands that I have established before them. The temple is ready. Everything is in order, just like I, I said it will, it will come to pass. You have built it. God has placed, yeah, I placed it in your hands. Blah, 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 blah. Make a long story short. Now it's time.
for my people to come and present themselves before me. Okay? Now, what God is looking for is people who are willing to renounce their old wicked ways and seek Him in spirit and truth. Okay? Because everybody's caught up in the moment, just like New Year's Eve. Everybody's caught up in the moment. Everybody's assuming, everybody's in expectation. But before the clock strikes 12, are you committed to what you're saying? And the issue is not outwards, it's inwards. This building is beautiful. It's ready to start doing exactly, performing all the kind of performance. Everything's going to start taking place. But the people who are going to stand before me, those that are going to minister to my presence, those who are going to be a part of what am I doing, are they ready? Are you ready? That's what God is saying. Are you ready for that? Because if you're not, then you're going to continue the same way. That you were before, before the temple was even established, before you even started building the temple. So some of us, we start working on things and then we lose sight of what we're working on and we get caught up that when we, when it comes into existence, then we lose sight of ourselves that we ourselves don't become partakers of something that we committed ourselves to. Does that make any sense? Amen. Am I losing anyone? Amen. So here the Lord begins to say, to speak to King Solomon, and he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and pray, and seek me, then I will what? Hear them from heaven. Okay? So God is saying, if you do this, I promise to do this. The problem with many people is that, they get in the commitment with God, but then they don't own up their part. This is not a one-sided relationship. This is two sides working together for one cause. So, for example, if God begins to work with you, he's expecting you to own up to your part. For example, many of us today... God gives a word, and we come against that word with our actions. If God said to you, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to make you prosper, why are you speaking like a poor, broke person? Why are you acting? Now, some, some people don't have to speak, they just act that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So God is saying, I want my people. To benefit from what I say that I was going to do. But I'm waiting for them to tap into that. If you move, I move. If you lay a brick, I lay a brick. If I, if, you know, this is a partnership. This is a relationship. So many people today are entering this new year with high expectation and no work. High expectation and no work. You will reap the fruits of your labor. That goes in every category. You could be successful in one thing and be a failure in another area of your life. God is calling you to completion, to wholeness. And wholeness begins by you renouncing what's keeping you from getting there. Now, whatever you confess out of your mouth is going to release you. 
in more ways than one. So God is waiting for you to do your part in order for him to do his part. He's not going to do his part if you're not doing your part. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So these people, they just built this temple. They've been celebrating this temple. This has been going on for the last seven years. And they're finally ready to cut the ribbon and begin to enjoy everything they worked so hard for. And God is saying, before you do that, I want you to understand what I'm really after. Your heart. That's what I'm really after. Your heart. Where the issues of life flow from. Your heart. And for many of us, it is hard for us to renounce because we don't understand what we're renouncing to. Now understand this. When you renounce, you're officially giving up and turning away from something that kept you. There are things in your life right now that you're holding on to that God is saying, I need you to let go of them. Because if you don't let go of those things, I can't be me in your life. I'm a jealous God. They can't be me and another God inside of you. There only has to be one. So what are the what, what, what are the things that God is looking forward to? For you to confess and in return join the benefits of confession. For example, one of the first things that when you confess, one of the first benefits that you'll receive is that weight will lift off your shoulders mm -hmm. the moment you confess. The moment you confess to God that weight that you've been carrying, that burden, that indescribable feeling that only you and God and who else might know, that is automatically lifted off from you. Now, many Christians, believe me when I tell you this, are prisoners to that because of pride. They're prideful. Now, you might say, why would somebody be prideful of that? Anything that keeps you from being set free could be a form of pride. Mm -hmm. You are thinking, what will people say? Oh, God. Well, at the end of the day, who cares? What matters is you. Amen? So... The weight is lifted. Freedom, now it's experienced in your life. So when you confess to God, I've been a fornicator. I've been an adulterer. For the last year, I've been stealing my tithes and offerings. I've been lying. I've been cheating. I've been exaggerating. I, I, I've been half committed to what you have called me to. I don't want to carry that weight anymore because I know that I'm living a lie. How many of you have ever felt that way that you're living a lie? Because you know that you ain't right. You might look right. You might talk right. You might be uh, walking right. But in reality, you will know that you ain't right. And you know that God is asking you because you feel guilty all the time. And you say to yourself, I, I know how to get rid of this guilt, but I don't want to. What is holding you from letting go of that? Whatever you don't release will consume you. And whatever consumes you will become you. Now, many of you are saying right now, like I have said in the past, man, I, I, I wish my daughter and, and my son and, and, and the people that I know don't become like me. Let me tell you something. They will become like you. Actually, they'll become better than you at hiding it. Because everything that you are, one way or another, will influence someone next to you or those around you. 80% of what we are today 
It's an influence of our childhood. And we still have yet to renounce. Daddy used to be this way. Mommy used to be that way. That's why every time God is ready to confront us, we, don't, we run away. Because that's all we saw was people that were being confronted, running away in our lives. Oh, I don't want to hear it. Oh, I don't want to hear it. Those are signs of you just buying time as an excuse for your dilemma. When in reality, God wants to deal with that before that deals with you. These are things that are preventing you from succeeding in all aspects of life. Okay? People, people that just don't get up every morning with a bad attitude. That's a learned behavior. That has become so normal that to them, it's new. But to others, it's old. Have you ever worked with someone or talked to someone that you'd be like, oh my God, you stink. And they're like, really? I stink? What do you mean? I, I bathe. No, no. What I mean is that you stink and they don't get it. They don't get it. It's because whatever's consuming them has consumed them so much that they're so immune to it that they don't even smell. It's like when you buy a, a cologne, a very expensive cologne perfume, and you put it on it, and you're like, I don't smell it no more. And you drench yourself, and then people are like, oh, <laughs> like, why are you wearing so much cologne so much? And you, and you, and, and, and you say to yourself, I only sprayed myself seven times. Well, that seven times became more. Why? Because the person that's not used to you or used to that smell, they could smell it more. But your body got so used to the smell that it no longer doesn't pick up the smell. But everybody else is smelling it but you. But you're in denial. Everyone's the problem, but I'm not the problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When we confess ourselves to God, that weight comes off of us and we're set free. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're able to experience freedom. You don't care what people have to say about you anymore because you know who you are. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. Number two, when you confess your sins, one of the second benefit to that is that barriers are removed because what happens is that sin builds walls. Mm -hmm. Okay? So when you confess yourself to God, okay, barriers are being removed. That's why it's hard for you to understand that someone wants the best for you because everyone around you at one point or another mislead at you or hurt at you so bad that you built a wall and you didn't even know that you were building a wall. Now this wall is it, it, it's much taller than the wall that Donald Trump wants. <laughs> and more expensive. Because it costs you your whole life. This wall is only about maybe two years if, if they were to able to release I don't know, release the funds maybe three years. Who knows? But we have walls. That's why it's hard for us to accept God's true, genuine love. When God tells you that he loves you, in the back of your mind, you still have restrictions towards his love. I've been there. Because the first thing you say, okay, God, you love me so much, then why did you allow this to happen in my life? And why this, and why that, and why this, and why that, and why this? Because through the years, you built up walls or layers on top of layers, on top of layers, on top of layers, to the point that it doesn't even phase you. 
if someone tells you that they love you because to you love it, it, it it's not what it was intended to be you get what i'm saying so when you confess yourself to god those barriers and that wall falls down because that wall was built on sin that that wall was built on false misled uh being misled wrongly in one shape or form so in 2020 god wants that wall to come down but in order for us to allow that wall to come down we must confess we must confess we must confess because if we don't confess not only we will carry that but that itself will multiply because all of your actions come from the same place from your heart from your heart you ever seen people outside of church and they act a certain behavior that is not biblically correct and you try to correct it and the first thing they say to you why are you so spiritual <laughs> we just learn in church to respect your husband your wife we just learn all of these things but when you go home all of these things are dismissed why are they dismissed because you only receive what you wanted to receive because there's a wall. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was like this guy was saying in an article. He says, people just don't get up in the morning and kill people. People don't just get up in the morning and become adulterous or, 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 or fornicators. That doesn't, doesn't happen. That is planned. For years or months or weeks, nurturing that, nurturing that, nurturing that, nurturing that, nurturing that, nurturing that, nurturing that to the point that you had the opportunity to do it and you finally execute it. That, that doesn't happen overnight. That is something that you entertain. And whatever you entertain will become you. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? Go ahead, Pastor Can Mark. I just share with you? Yeah, go right ahead. So, yesterday? This year we have all the time in the world. We're going to be here until 12 o'clock midnight. <laughs> Don't scare everybody. Um, so, last night I was watching my favorite, one of my favorite shows, Dateline. Because you learn a lot. You learn of people's personalities. And um, there was this man who he was um, proclaiming to be a born-again Christian. And he had a ministry at his church. And he was an evangelist. And he was going to different churches. Um, you know, just giving his testimony. How when he was young, he used to... Um, sneak up on women and strangle them. Long story short, that he no longer did that again because he got incarcerated for um, over 10 years. Long story short, he was up for parole and then that's when he said that he changed. And um, a woman ended up murdered. And when they come to figure it out, he was doing it to multiple women. I, I say that because um, we see that it's someone that was bounded up. We see someone that's bound it up. That's fine. Sorry. Um, you just made me lose my hand about. Go ahead. Well, with motion. Yeah. So it just goes with people who can proclaim to be something, but because they have not confessed or really been set free from something, they'll continue yeah. the same action. So that that's a prime example of what Pastor Millie was sharing with us right now. That that's what happens when we don't 
confess something, when we don't renounce something, eventually it's going to surface. When you carry self-denial. Exactly. When you carry self-denial, it will resurface. Like many other things right now that you're doing and, and you say you're doing, I mean that you're doing and you catch yourself doing, you say to yourself, that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. Bring yeah, he was saying it wasn't him. Exactly. I'm an evangelist. I'm, and, and it was him. The DNA came back that it was him. Yeah. <laughs> and, and look, and it, and it goes to show. Now, one of the things that I want you guys to understand that confessing can be challenging in more ways than one. Because not everybody wants to confess. Now, I'm not speaking about you confessing yourself to me or to someone. You confessing yourself to God. That's what we're talking about tonight. So I don't want you to think, oh, pastor, man, you know, I, I, I don't really want to talk about that. You know, I'm embarrassed to talk about that. No, you can talk to God about anything because he's the only one that can set you free. I can't set you free. You, you get what I'm saying? I'm just a voice. God is using me. Okay. So, for example, people that have a lot of um, confusion going on and they're all over the place and they're trying to find themselves and they're attending church regularly and they're doing everything that the Bible requires for them to do, but yeah, have not confessed to God their sins and stuff like that. Their mind is a place just like this place, right? And God begins to try to get you to understand that all the things that you have in your mind at one point or another nurture to the point that they have become like a wall, okay? And those things have blinded you. So when God tells you, I'm going to bless you, yeah, you do receive it, but your mind doesn't. Can <laughs> you say, Pastor, how is that possible? Because the next time I see you, what are you saying? I'm broke. Or you're just receiving. You receive it naturally, but spiritually you didn't. Mm -hmm. You ever met people like that? Oh, Pat. Uh, Hey man, I was thinking about you. I had a dream that you were gonna that you were gonna get married, and you saw this from. I'll see it when I believe it. <laughs> Them themselves have not realized that there is what we call a spiritual glitch that's not allowing. It's a flow. It's like a signal. The signal's not coming through like it's supposed to. Okay. When a signal doesn't come through, how many of you ever watched something on YouTube and all of a sudden it went on loading mode? And it got you so upset that you shut it off. Like, Oi! Shut it off. But you never checked the connection. And in the midst of that, a reaction came out. It wasn't a positive reaction. It was a negative reaction. And what you did, instead of searching, you shut it down. When you shut down something and you don't do the research, sooner or later that's going to creep up. And it's going to creep up and it's going to happen when other eyes are witnessing. And that, my friend, can be a point in your life where you yourself can fall victim of yourself to the point that you don't want to know about God. So what we're trying to get you to understand is that this place that you have built, God wants to tear it up. So let's say this is your mind. And your mind is just... Filled up so many things. Uh, today's news. Okay, that's one thing. Most people today, instead of going to the Bible, they go to the news. CNN. CNN. CNN is forecasting all kinds of things. So now that consumed your mind. Okay. So all of these things are consuming work. Uh, what else? 
into a true relationship with God. In order to enter into a relationship with God, a true relationship with God, John chapter 3 verse 30 says that you must decrease and I must increase. That means every day you have to die to self. When you start dying to yourself, you start living for him. If you have yourself first, that that's an indication right there that God cannot dwell in you like he wants to. You might see traces of him, but he's not dwelling inside of you like he wants to because you still have that wall. When you confess yourself, integrity begins to build inside of you. And it starts to grow. And it starts to give you like, why? Because integrity allows you to be honest. And when you're honest with yourself, you can be honest about anything. And many of us have that theory, fake it until you make it. Stop believing that. Because you could be faking something until you yourself forget about who you are, and now you're a big lie. When, when, you, when you really confess yourself to God, and you allow integrity to start growing inside of you, you start being honest, and you start speaking to God from a place, okay, that no one else could enter. For example, if any of you were traumatized when you were a child, sexually molested, broke, whatever it is, and you have yet to confess that, trust me, everywhere you go, you're going to have your guards up. Even with the people that God intended for you, them to help you, you'll have your guards up. You, you, you ever met, you, you ever found out that something was beneficial for you, but you never knew about it until somebody told you, but it was there all along? And you say to yourself, man, I didn't know that was there, because you never paid close attention to detail, but because you owe, for some strange reason, you thought it never worked that way. Amen. Like, for example... Uh, a year ago, I discovered on my Xfinity Comcast that I had all of these channels and I could watch all of these things. On, I, didn't have, I didn't have any idea because I never took out the time. So there are things right now that you have paid for in tears in the kingdom of God that you're not benefiting from because you haven't taken out the time to tap in because you're so consumed by so many other things that you're losing sight. And God saying that those those answers have been already. Your mailbox is full. Your mail, your spiritual mailbox is full. But no one is checking the mail. When was the last time you got up in the morning and said, "God, what do you have for me today?" I bet you the first thing you said when you got up in the morning, "God, help me through this day." You know how I be. You know, I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to fake it. You know, you know, you love this hot mess. And you start you start quoting things that are not scriptural, that were man-man birth into your life. And before you know it, you're into this spiritual bubble that not even God himself can enter because he's not going to violate wherever he's not welcome. He's not going to go in. And those are what we call spiritual walls. Amen? Amen. Can we be honest when we pray to God? Mm -hmm. Lord, I come before you. I don't like my pastor. I really don't. He's annoying. In more ways than I know I have to be in that church. Trust me. Trust me. God will respect your honesty. 
And God will start revealing to you what is it inside of you that's making you think that way. And before you know it, you'll start enjoying it. And then you'll start praying, Father, thank you for my pastors. They're so young and so beautiful. Please show me what they need and how I can... You never know what you got until you lose it. And we're talking about being honest with the Lord because that's what he's yeah. looking for. And I said to her that the other day, because I prayed for every, I mean, I went down the list. Then when I hit a certain person, nobody in this church, nobody you guys know. My ears are burning. <laughs> there's, but there's a certain person that I tr- I've been trying for the past three years, right? The apostles probably don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I said, I said, no, it's nobody here. And I said, I was honest. I'm like, I have to be honest. I said, Lord, all right, Dad, this is the truth. I don't like her. I, mean, I don't like that. I don't like the person. <laughs> and I felt so bad. I'm like, I don't like them. I said, your word says that we have to love them. No word does it say that I have to like them. But, but look at this. I say it because when I started confessing, I don't like this person. All of a sudden, I just felt like, like, how do you say, um, you started to feel like that empathy for them. Like, what, that compassion figure. What, what have they gone through growing up that they can't accept real and that you really want to help and that you're just helping because now, well, now we're family and now we, you know, we want to embrace you. We want to accept you. And so I, now it's totally different. So when I seen the person the other day, I took, I took cookies over. Here you go. Give me what I want. <laughs> Bye-bye. God bless you. But it felt, it didn't, I didn't, I, when I went there, it didn't feel, I didn't feel that heaviness. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to open the door. And before, before uh, we continue with the next one, I want to, I want to touch on that, what Pastor really brought up. Sometimes. You don't like people because somebody influenced you and spoke bad about that person. And you gave life to that because somebody else told you something. You know why certain people might not come to this congregation or might not be friends of you? Because someone influenced you negatively about that individual or that person. Are, Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that's why in the beginning of the class I talked about culture. We have to renounce the culture because sometimes our culture, uh, as we're being brought up, we're taught all different kinds of things that we have yet to discover and yet to tap in. And before you know it, you are influenced. Amen. Now understand this about integrity. Integrity is the state of being whole and undivided. God wants to make you whole. The reason why we're not whole is because we have so much in us, that we're undivided in ourselves and we don't even know it. We are a hot mess from the inside out. In many areas of our lives that we shouldn't be, God is saying, I'm trying to bring you to complete wholeness. But in order for me to bring you to complete wholeness, I need you to be honest. I need you to be honest. Mm -hmm. I discover that when you're honest with yourself, you find freedom. Yes. That's true. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. 
Because you begin to see something from the inside out change. Okay? Now, many of us have yet to tap into that because we ourselves have not renounced the things that we are to renounce. Okay? Things that you along the way picked up and made you who you are today. You have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Have you ever self-evaluated yourself and saw somebody else in you that's not you? Am I the only one? I said, man, that reminds me of my mom. That reminds me of my dad. Where'd that come from? Or if somebody else tells you that, you know, you remind me of your father. You remind me of your mom. There's traces of you now. Try, tell, uh, let's be honest. You know, they it's life. It happens. But have you ever gone to the root of that? Why is mommy so 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 snappy? Or why am I so snappy? Why why do things get on my nerves? Why do things easily bother me? Why have you ever got to the root cause of that? Why is it that I'm a flirt? Why is it that I can't be faithful? Why is it that I always got to exaggerate? Why is it that I always got to lie? Why is it that I always got to be complaining? Have you ever thought about those things? Think about that. All of those things came from something. And all of those things God wants to wash away. But you got to be willing to be honest. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It, it's like when sometimes I sit down with the apostle, you know, and lay a minister, and it was it. Get it off your chest. Come on. You know, in today's world, they, they, they said, come on, man, get, get, let, it, let it out. Let it out. Haven't you noticed that when, when, you, when you have an issue with someone, you're premeditating everything you're going to say, and when you finally encounter them, you only say one word, and then you're like, ah! But you remember all that time, all of that energy, all those nights you couldn't sleep, all that day, and, wait, oh, and then you run into them and you're like, Have your way. Absolutely. Have your way. Absolutely. Have your way. Just the other day, the beginning of the year, it started with me. I saw from the corner of my eyes when someone dropped a napkin. In our in our facility where we work, it's our responsibility to help each other out and pick up after each other. It's not supposed. You know what I said to myself? I said, "Let me turn back and let me pick that up." I went to pick it up. To my surprise, the person who dropped it said, oh, I was just going to get that. And I said to myself, yeah, right. <laughs> but then I checked myself and I said, you know, I shouldn't be thinking that way. Because maybe it worked. Yeah. It's true. It was. 
You see, the enemy only needs a space to create a space. But it's true. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? And that's why it's important for us to be honest with ourselves. Lord, you have me in this job. I know that a hundred people want this job, and there's a hundred people homeless in it. But Lord, please make a way for me. Make me understand how can I be a peacemaker, be at peace at this workplace. Because you have me here for a reason. There's a reason why you have me here, even though I don't want to be here. Your assignment will be your graduation. Amen. Amen. Number four. The one, the five wonderful and unexpected benefits when you confess. Number four is you free yourself spiritually and physically. And that is this, this way. It's defined this way. A sound of mind. Having the capacity to think, reason, and understand oneself. That's good. That's good. Okay? The benefit, the unexpected benefits or the wonderful benefits of confessing is to free yourself spiritually and physically. Sound mind. Having the capacity to think, reason, and understand for oneself. Have you ever said this to yourself? No one understands me. No one knows. No one, no one knows because you don't know. It's like us husbands or wives. If my husband understood me, if anybody in this house understood that I don't want my plates to be moved, then don't take out the plates. Don't sit at the table. Don't sit at the table. All of these things are triggered because you don't know yourself. You don't have a sound mind. Because when you know who you are, you don't act that way. Come on. Because everything in this earth will one day perish. It's true. And none of these things you can take with you to eternal life. It's true. So why do we make a big deal out of things that we shouldn't be making out of? A big deal out of it's because that's the way that we react to something that's more deeper than that inside. The issue is that they didn't move your plates or your car wasn't parked right and put no gas. Is that inside of you there's post trauma, and that trauma surface. Maybe you got it under control. Maybe maybe you ain't snapping like you used to snap. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you're just snapping once a month. You used to snap every other day. So there's some progress. Thank you. So there's some progress. Every day. But that snapping is going to snap you. That's why I've changed the gears of my ways. You, you get what I'm saying? That's why it's important that we renounce because you got to say to God, God created me a new heart. The issues of life flow through the heart. There is something inside of me that's not allowing me to be the person that you created me to be. I don't have a sound mind. I don't have peace in my life. I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why I desire these things. I don't know why they creep up on me. But please help me help me. Yes. It's true. What do we say when we pray? Lord, help me to bless this person. Lord, we pray for everyone. And everything except who? 
can you be a blessing to someone else if you ain't a blessing to yourself? And can I say when you give the Holy Spirit that opportunity and you really have that fellowship and that relationship and with of honesty every day you come before his throne, he will begin to reveal things to you that you yourself didn't know that you were carrying. And you're able to then renounce those things because you know that they're not according to his will or purpose for your life. And I can say it because of me, like pastors talked about the snapping. I used to, I don't, I used to not like things moved out of its place. And I realized, <laughs> and we're so similar, um, with certain things where I did it, I tell people I'm a recovering OCD. And I didn't have to go to the doctor for them to tell me that. The Holy Spirit revealed to me because if anything was moved out of place, I could not. I wasn't in my right state of mind. Like the minute I would walk into the house, I'd be like, who moved that? And pastor would be like, nothing was moved. I'm like, that mat is an inch off. (laughs) Who put that like that? And really, it used to bring it used to bring a lot of conflict between yes. us, and where I had to come before God and say, "I need you to deliver me," and and it, it was OCD. So I I tell people I'm a recovery. Now, now what happens when you yourself confess yourself to God? What happens? Number five, you begin to live again. Psalms 51, verse 10 through 13. Whoever has it, read it out loud. And I'm really going to get into depth with this one before we close out tonight. Psalms 51, verse 10 through 13. Psalms 51, verse 10 through 13. Okay? You begin to live again. Look at what David writes. Psalms 51, verse 10 through 13. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew my step. Fast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Okay? And uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach the transgressors your ways. And all the sinners shall be converted and returned to you. To you. David is saying, if you, God, restore me to the man that you have called me to be, not only I will benefit from me, but others will benefit from me. You know why a lot of people don't come to church? Their answer is, I do not want to be in the presence of hypocrites. That is their number one response. How come you don't go to church? Oh, I don't want to be like the hypocrites. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be surrounded around hypocrites. The reason why they say that is because action speak louder than words. Many people who go to church... Okay, are lying to themselves. It's true. Now, you're not going to solve anything by leaving church. You're just going to make matters worse for yourself. 
What I'm saying is that it will be a waste of time for you to come here, spend an hour and 45 minutes or two hours, and leave the same way you came in. Change is not going to happen overnight. But it can happen if you work on it. That's right. Okay? Many of the things that we're giving you are instruments or what you call tools to help you improve. So when you go to sleep and you wake up in the morning, you appreciate life for what it is. Okay? It's not where you're at. It's where you're going. You might be down today, but tomorrow might be your day. But God is trying to get you to a state of mind that you yourself start believing what he has said about you. Mm -hmm. Now, it's up to you to recognize areas in your life that you need to surrender. Now, look at what David says again. He says, create in me a watch, a clean heart. Why David didn't say, create in me a new mind? Create in me a new mind. Many of us say it this way. God, make me a millionaire. God, give me a house. God, give me a car. God, give me this guy. And God is saying, I ain't going to give you none of that because what I really need is your heart. Because the issue here is not the house. It's not the job. It's not the wife. It's not the husband. It's not the kids. It's you. And it begins with you because if you change, you start seeing things differently. For example, I used to get mad at the dog when he used to come around the table and lick the crumbs. Then I realized one day, guess what he's doing? He's cleaning up. That serves a purpose. So I stopped getting upset. In certain areas, I'm still working on it. Okay? Then I used to get upset when the homeless people used to come around and dig through my trash. And then one day the Lord said, they're sorting out what you didn't sort out. They're recycling the planet. It serves a purpose. I started seeing things what? Because God started working with my wife. The Bible says that you should carry your cross daily. Mm-hmm. Your cross, your cross are the issues of life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, 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 you could be a high roller. You'd be surprised how high rollers are still dealing with issues that the common person across the block is still dealing with. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So here David goes and says to the Lord, Create in me a new heart. Renew steadfast my spirit within me. Do not cast your presence away from me. You know that you can sat in the Holy Spirit to the point that he can move his presence away from you? Yes. Your behavior. Not your thoughts. Because you could always have evil thoughts coming in. It's your action on what you take the thought. So you never, the battle's always going to be in the mind. Understand that. You're always going to have disgusting thoughts that are going to come out of nowhere. But it's whatever you feed into that. So if you say that that thought came to your mind, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus, you're not guilty of that. You're guilty of the action. See the difference? You're guilty of the action. You could think something, but if you take it 
to the next level where you actually turn it into an action, then you're guilty of that. So he says, please do not cast your presence. Why is he saying that? Because David has recognized that the presence of God dwells in those that create a place for it. The presence of God don't dwell in no mess. That's right. You, you get what I'm saying? I know that some of you don't have sound doctrine. Many people today, all they have is the stuff that tickles their ear. No, we ain't talking about that. We're talking about sound doctrine. When you feel convicted that you know you ain't right. You know, it's like many of us, right? We started off the new year. We said, man, I want to lose weight, right? You want to lose weight? There's nothing wrong with that. They want a break room, and they got a box of donuts. And all of a sudden, the box of donuts begins to talk to you. <laughs> Why don't you eat me? Ain't I delicious enough? Look here, I got all kinds of colors on me, sprinkled all over me. I'm glazed. Chocolate sprinkles? Chocolate sprinkles. Yes. What might say, you know what? Forget all that. I'm old fashioned. <laughs> That's a pasta. That's a pasta. You made a commitment that you want to lose weight, right? Yes. You gave into the temptation. Whatever. You ate a donut. How do you I feel after? Satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Many of you will say this. Why did I eat that stupid donut? That's like 15 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's how you feel. Okay? It's not the donut. It's not? It's not. It's the mind. It's the mind. Yes. Yeah, I know. There's nothing wrong with the donut. It's what you give your mind to. Now, if you're honest with yourself and say, Lord, I really want to lose weight. I want to be successful. Whatever it is, you have to commit yourself to yes. that. If you don't commit yourself to that, you're always going to be a slave to yes. whatever you're trying to renounce. That is so true. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And David understood. The issue here is not my enemies. The issue is me. The issue is not my wife. The issue is not my kids. The issue is me. When you recognize your sins, God is faithful to lift you up and restore you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Very quickly, look. Do not cast away from me your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore my joy of salvation. You remember when you got saved? Oh, man, you were so excited. You were so pumped because you knew you were going somewhere. And along, 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 along the way, many trips to 1060 Worcester Street, you lost your joy along the way. Now, you didn't lose the joy because of the church. You lost the joy because you gave in to something. And that something now has become an obstacle where it's hard for you to stay committed to what God has called you to do. That's the thing that you have 